So Adam, thank you for joining us today. We're excited to have you here and get to talk about the Eagle Group and introduce it to our listeners who aren't familiar with it yet. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So what is the Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans and why was it started? Sure. So the, the Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans is a 501c3 nonprofit that is uh, really built around serving the veteran and uh, military community. It originated, the seeds for its origination started back in 2009 when some of our uh, founders uh, had been during the re- recession and the economic downturn that happened at that time, uh, unfortunately, were uh, out of work. And so as with many people, when they're coming from companies that uh, maybe have to let people go, they had a package with right management, the transition company or transition firm that helps people get some counseling before they move on to a new job for a few months. And uh, at the end of that timeline, uh, there were quite a few people that got jobs and there were people that did not. Of those people that are in that group, 100% of the people that did not get jobs were veterans. Everyone that was not a veteran got a job, but the veterans didn't. And so all of them kind of said, you know, what's the consistent thing among us? And they found out that they were all veterans. And they said, you know, what's the problem? What's the challenge? What is the thing or what is the thing or what are the things that are making it difficult for us to get a job after we're coming out of it? You know, we're motivated, we're, we're dedicated. What, what's the problem? And it ultimately ended up leading that into the creation of the Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans uh, in 2010, where they developed this nonprofit to get together and look at the things that were uh, the originating factors as to why they were struggling in career transition on the civilian side and to then get education, training, just help anywhere they could find it to allow them to then uh, get a job uh, in a new career. And so really the, uh, the, the main pillars that the new group of Minnesota, Minnesota veterans revolves around, there are three of them. We call them our three C's. And the first one is uh, camaraderie, which is the thing that I think all veterans miss the most from their time in service, being around other veterans. There's the capabilities piece, which is leveraging the unique strengths that, that veterans bring to the workforce or people transitioning from military while also addressing the unique challenges that they have. There are definitely unique challenges. And also then there's the commitment piece, which really revolves around uh, suicide awareness and making sure that we're being uh, at the ready and on guard to watch out for our fellow brothers and sisters who might be struggling and getting them the assistance that they need because they are uh, truly valued and we want to make sure that they get that out. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for that rundown. So a question for you, uh, for myself being a civilian, can you, you help me and, and perhaps others who don't have military experience, uh, how does a veteran's job search differ from civilians job search. You know, maybe it's just the day to day. And you, you alluded to just a bit ago that, you know, veterans oftentimes don't get selected for jobs while, while others do. Can you maybe expand like what, what is the difference in, in the individual's job search uh, as a veteran versus a civilian? And, and, and also a caveat to that, why do you think that that difference, why does that difference exist? Absolutely. And I appreciate you asking that question, Tom, because this is a common one. We get it a lot. And a little bit of background first is I think lots of times people are used to seeing like people that are in the military, like, okay, sometimes they might come across as very confident, maybe sometimes like even like, you know, arrogant, you see all the things, you know, things get Hollywoodized and stuff like that and whatnot. But um, 
you're, you're very confident, very proud, very hardworking, motivated, and dedicated people. Um, but it's also a very structured environment in the military. It's very regimented. You're, you're used to like, hey, I know I'm getting up usually at, at a certain time every day, and I'm on deck doing things to a certain time, uh, things like that. When you go out into the civilian sector, then that regimentation, it goes away. It's not there. And sometimes it can be difficult to then realize, okay, uh, even though we might be very organized and regimented people ourselves, when we have to then kind of set all that up and build the structure on our own, that can be a challenging thing for one. I know I struggled with it in, in, in my transition. Uh, looking back on it now, when there wasn't, uh, from my time, when there wasn't as much focus on it, that that was a difficult thing. The other part is, and I think this is probably one of the biggest challenges, is that uh, it's really it, this surprises a lot of people, but it's really difficult for people that are transitioning from the military or for veterans to ask for help. And that comes from something back from when someone's at boot camp or someone's at officer candidate school. It's drilled into you from day one that it's not about you anymore. You know, mm -hmm. it's just not about you. It's about the person on the right and on the left. You need to look out for them and their needs are more important than yours. The, the unit's needs, the group's needs are more important than your own. Take care of the group's needs and yours will be taken care of. So that can be a really challenging thing because, and I've run into this, you know, in my, in my day job, we run into this in the human group all the time is it will get people that come in and it's and like, they need the help. They're, they're struggling in career transition. Maybe they've been out of work for a year and they just, but they're afraid to ask for help because in part they're thinking, well, I need to be helping others, not asking for help for myself. Sure. sure. Because that's being selfish. That that's honestly God what they're thinking a lot of times. That's selfish. If I'm asking for help for me, versus trying to make sure that somebody else is getting that help. So overcoming that can be a really big mental block. I struggled with that one too. I, I would argue that veterans and military personnel will struggle with that for the rest of their lives because it's just drilled into them. But it's getting to that point of acceptance that realizing that you know maybe at some point like. You're going to be limited in your ability to help others if you're not helping yourself as well. It's okay to still ask for help. There's there's another little mantra kind of in the military that says, like, especially on the on the officer side or anyone who's more senior rank, that the troops eat first. And what that means is that like the the, the most junior person, the, the you know private or whatever, when it's time for like you're going to eat at the chow hall, whether in garrison or, or out in the field, those person people eat first. They get to have food first. And then at the end, the most senior person might be the commanding officer. It's like, look, if there's food left over, he or she will eat. But if not, it, you know, it doesn't matter. The important thing was is that I got my troops fed first. That mentality manifests in the same way lots of times in career transition with the reluctance to ask for help. And a lot of what we try to do is we try to tell people, look, we get it. Every single one of us has been there and we understand it. Every one of us struggles with that exact same issue but we try to tell them it's okay to eat first in this situation when you're in career mm -hmm. transition it's okay to eat first you still help people along the way but then by making sure that you're also fed and you're taking care of yourself you'll be better and more capable to help others throughout the long term uh, as well uh, the one last thing i would throw on there and this is always a big question when it comes to what, why it's different is the translation of skills a lot of people in the military think like, you know, it, it can be difficult. Hey, I did something. I was like an, an ammunition technician or I was a, I worked in the armory, but I'm not going to be working with you know weapons on the outside. Uh, lots of times veterans or military personnel can struggle with that. How do I translate my skills? The bottom line is the skills are there. 
it doesn't matter what you did. The fact that you've gotten all this leadership, all these values, that regimentation, that ability to have a very structured environment where structure might be needed in a place where it's not already there is always going to be valuable in the workforce. And we can help with that, making sure that that's brought out regardless of what you've done in the service is bringing that to life is something we really try to do. It's different than people that might be coming. If someone has worked in HR and they go to another HR job in the civilian sector, if you're coming out of the service being an ammo tech and then trying to find another job, it might be hard for people to understand that company. We can help with getting that illustrated in the right way. That's amazing. So can we add to that? Can we talk about what resources then that Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans has available to people? Oh, absolutely. So I think one of the big things that we do is we, we, we have we hold meetings and we have a weekly meeting that we hold, which is called our career track meeting. It's from 5 to 7 p.m. It's held virtually right now. Uh, when uh, we were in session back before the pandemic, we were meeting at uh, the Richfield VFW. And really the point of this is it's is one of our coaches at this meeting calls it. He's like, it's more like a family dinner in a way. You don't have to stay for the full two hours. If you can only come for 10 or 15 minutes, you come for 10 or 15 minutes. And what happens there is it's really to help you with what you might need. We'll have some people that might do a little presentation or, or speak about something. But examples are, let's say that you are getting out of the service and your spouse is from the area. So you're moving to Minnesota and you don't know anybody. You have no network. You can come to the career track meeting to say, hey, look, I'm new to the area. I don't have a network. I'd like to start meeting people and start with meeting some other veterans. They'll meet you. They'll start introducing you people to, to, to companies and other people to talk to. That's one thing. Maybe they really struggle with resume work. Say, hey, I just, you know, I don't, I really don't know how to work with my resume. They can come in and maybe break off into a private room on Zoom and get that coaching on the resume. Or, you know, I really struggle with interviews. You know, I'm a confident person, but once I get into an interview, I really kind of clam up. Okay, come and talk to that person. They'll work with that again privately if you want to help you through that. Uh, whatever they want to get out of that meeting, they can get out of it. And even if they just want to be around veterans again, if they haven't been around them for a while, that's something they can do too. That's one resource. The other resource we have is we have monthly meetings. And these monthly meetings are uh, set up oftentimes where we, we kind of run through, we go through with some announcements, talk to people, just you know, review our, 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 uh, our mission and our, our pillars. But then uh, we also have a speaker. It's, it's oftentimes kind of like, you know, a TED Talk type approach where someone speaks about something. It might be about career transition. It might be just something that's fun to kind of, you know, shake it up a little bit. Uh, and it really kind of just try to revel in that camaraderie, too. Now, when we were in person, it was always, you know, a little bit easier on the camaraderie piece because then you can be around and slap each other on the back and talk and share stories. It's a little more challenging on the Zoom piece, but, uh, you know, that's uh, something that we really appreciate and we really enjoy. So, I mean, those are some of the resources that, that we have there. And then it's at the end of the day, I would really just say that part of it, part of it comes out to building and having a network of personnel that really just get it, quote, unquote, mm -hmm. just people that have been there, done that, whether they actually wore the uniform themselves or a family member did. Um, it's a way to be around those folks and just have some people that understand where you're coming from. It can be really helpful. And I think I'm just going to add to that meeting. That's where I met you was at one of the monthly meetings. One of my former coworkers suggested that I go um, and I was able to, I went there with the idea, yes, to network. And, but, you know, with us in our industry, I was able to go talk to people about resumes and interviewing and 
So one of my questions then would be, are those meetings open to the general public? Could, could somebody who has a skill like this or wants to network for other reasons go there to those yeah, monthly I mean, meetings? Yes, because I mean, you know, we've got people that, uh, I mean, if, you know, if you're a veteran or military supporter, I mean, that's something you do too. We have an, you know, an example of that. There's a colleague of mine at work that uh, at U.S. Bank that just kind of heard about what I was doing and he wanted to start attending and he started attending and, you know, he's, uh, what happened there is it ultimately, it came to a point where he was looking, you know, to try and have a, a new role and uh, some of the stuff from the Eagle Group that ended up helping him and that ended up him landing a, a much better position for himself. So, yeah, I mean, we have new veterans, military members, family members, spouses, but supporters as well. So, uh, right. I mean, if you're someone that's going to that is interested in supporting the community, that's that's absolutely something that uh, that you can do. Wonderful, that's awesome, yeah. So the Eagle Group also has a women's leadership task force. Yes. Adam, can you can you tell us a bit about that? Absolutely. So our, our women's leadership task force is a part of the Eagle Group. It's really focused on serving more women, uh, veterans, spouses, and service members. And really a, a lot of the emphasis here in, in this mission is making sure that uh, women, veteran, military spouses, military service members are, are really you know, being included in all the efforts that the Eagle Group you know, has, has in addition to ensuring that they're able to take advantage of other resources that might be available outside of our particular group. And I mean, an example of this might be like when we talk about like in career transition, uh, you know, it's been well documented, I think, just in the general community that sometimes there can be some, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, pay gaps that happens, you know, for women when they're trying to get like the same job, right. you know, as men. So how can we you know, help them with that and with some of our coaches at our weekly meetings and our monthly meetings that can help out with them? Hey, here's how we can help overcome that and make sure we're assisting them with any unique challenge that they might happen to have in their transition. So it's really making sure that we're getting out there and making sure any women veterans, we want to make sure we get in touch with them or their spouses their family members, just have them as involved as equal partners with everything that we're trying to do with the Eagle Group. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So important. So important to get them connected. Mm -hmm. So how, I've been asking everybody this. So how has the Eagle Group, and you've talked about it a little bit with the Zoom, have you had to pivot over the last year and a half due to the pandemic with members and supporting them and you mentioned in your monthly meetings, bringing guests in. What does this all look like now? Right. And it's like, I think most organizations, we have been certainly not been immune to that. We have uh, pivoted to being completely Zoom based with what we're doing in our efforts, holding the, the weekly meetings as well as the monthly meetings. Uh, it's certainly, as I talked about it, it does hurt a little bit on the camaraderie piece and that there's just something about when you're in person with others versus being you know, virtual. I think, you know, there's Zoom fatigue for everybody, right? And that, that is a very real thing. It's a very real thing. So we, we do our best to try and make sure that we run along with that and, and, and be sensitive to it. But, but I also think that part of it comes down to just how are we communicating during that time? Uh, mm -hmm. I know that we've tried to work and make sure that some of the messaging we put out, especially in our meetings, is just like, look, this is tough for everybody. And don't don't feel bad if, if you're struggling with the fact that just we're tired of meeting virtually and we don't get a chance to meet people as much. Um, we have uh, made some adjustments. We just actually have, we have an annual golf tournament that we do and we weren't sure if we were going to do it this year. But we heard from a lot of our members. They just said, look, I'm just dying to be around some veterans again. Um, you, know, you know, can we have it? And, and so that was a big reason for us to have it. We had it uh, just about a month ago and it was really successful. 
uh, we were very happy about, it, especially after having to cancel it last year. Um, but I also think that some of the messaging comes in. I think about we we have a holiday meeting, our monthly meeting, and when we did that last year in December of 2020, um, we tried some different. I reached out to some some um, higher level executives at a lot of the companies that have, have helped with us and helped us and coached with us and spoken with us. I said, look, could you come in and just say even like two to three minutes of encouraging words just during this difficult time and for people that might be in transition, stuff like that. I, I wasn't prepared for the response that we got. It was great. These people came in and they got on there and they just you know, kind of gave some you know, pep talks and be like, look, hang in there. It's, it's, you know, everyone's pulling for you. Our companies are here to talk to you. We're hoping we can help you land. And it was just a really great thing that uh, in a difficult time, especially during the holidays, we want to be around people even more so than probably normal. Uh, mm -hmm. It just came across really well. So I think it's trying to be sensitive to those kinds of things and knowing how is the morale, welfare and recreation going on uh, for your, your, your troops within the group. And uh, always looking to try to find ways where we can fit that in until we get a chance to be back together again. That's awesome. I'm going to, I want to insert one question that I didn't, wasn't prepared to ask, but you mentioned when they land. And one of the things that was really impactful for me at my meeting was the ceremony for when people land. Can you just tell people what that looks like and, and what sure. happens during that ceremony? Cause it was one of the most moving things of the whole, of the whole meeting for me. Sure. So th this is something that uh, really came out of some efforts from a, a lot of our members and, and people in the service are not uh, immune to or, or are, are no strangers to uh, promotion ceremonies and coining ceremonies. And in the military, uh, coins uh, are, are all throughout from the various units that you might belong to. And like, so for a, a unit that I was at, I got I had a coin from there. And then the next unit was I got a coin there or, or maybe a particular operation, operation. People collect these during their time and save them as mementos of their time after service. And there's often times when people will exchange those with people that they serve with in other units. And uh, there's some rules and regulations about like, if you have one from a commanding general, that might trump the one that you have from like a colonel. And there's like an old tradition where like, if someone has a, uh, a higher ranking coin than you, or you forget your coin, you now have to buy that person a drink and stuff like that. Well, we wanted to make sure, and this is, I think, part of the camaraderie piece is we wanted to bring that ceremony kind of to the Eagle Group of Minnesota Veterans. And so what we did is we developed our own coin and we made it a, it's a landing coin. And so what we do, people that are out there looking to get a job and they're working on it, and it can be a long time. We get some people sometimes that just, the ones that are, are, are they're all powerful, but especially those, like if you got someone who's maybe just like, I've, I've been at it for a year and I just, I was maybe, you know, the, the bridesmaid, like, you know, like you know, five times with the company where I was their second choice with the job with this, somebody else, but then it finally works out for them. What we would do at our meetings is we'll have this landing ceremony. We'll bring everyone up in front of the entire group We'll have them talk about their, you know, say like, look, share about your scenario. What happened? How did it work for you? What was it like? And they'll talk about it and then have them share with us where they landed and how it ultimately paid off and where they're going to start working. And then we'll coin them. We'll coin them with the coin presented to them as a congratulatory piece that they now get to keep. And um, it's been something that's been received really well. And I really enjoy it. See, it's like the favorite part of the meeting for me when we get to do that. We're acknowledging people virtually right now. Look forward to going back and have a mass, when we are together again, having a mass distribution of coins uh, for people that have landed jobs. But uh, I appreciate you asking about that, Jen, because we do think that this is something that we, we really like doing. It's I, I'm a firm believer that if you're someone in the service, and you, 
best things you get to do is you get to recognize the people that do a good job or that when things really pay off. So it's, it's, it's really, mm -hmm. it's a highlight. Really awesome. moving. So moving. Yeah. Adam, what, what uh, would someone expect uh, of the meetings when they return uh, in person? How would, how would the uh, meetings be different in person? Right. So I, I think first off, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of motivation for people when they're back. You're going to be a lot. Of, I mentioned before a lot of you know, back slapping, hopefully some shaking, shaking of hands and just yeah. great to be around everyone again. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, certainly we'll, we're, we're going to always make sure that we're, we're taking things with, you know, the, the pandemic or wherever that goes, even if the pandemic technically ends here at some point, which we're all hoping for, uh, making sure that we're sensitive and, and being safe but also looking to make sure that we're trying to you know, be around people and enjoy the time that we have together. Uh, we'll certainly love to look to try and have something uh, back in person. Cargill has been a tremendous, tremendous supporter for us for allowing us to use their space. We look forward to that when that opportunity, when, when uh, they're ready, when we're ready to try and do that. Uh, it'll be a great thing. And, and if you've never been, if people have not been to a meeting, we, we have uh, you know, like food and refreshments available. So, you know, it kind of helps out that there's a chance to come and just, you know, grab something to eat, have a good time and talking with people. And then we're planning on having you know, a very similar format that we've had in the past with you know, just kind of reviewing uh, announcements, but having a speaker. Uh, but I think Tom, one of the other things we want to do is we're, we're trying to be sensitive to be like, you know, Hey, look, how would we maybe want things to change and putting that out to our audience and saying, are there certain things that you might want to see that are different when we do come back either compared to uh, you know, what we've done in the past? You want to see more of the same? Would you like to see some tweaks? Uh, we've done that, you know, we try to put out some surveys on that every now and then, and, and that's something I would like to do as we look to exit this to make sure that we're uh, giving people really what they're looking for. So I think it'll be a similar format, at least for starters, but with uh, open to suggestions to look to modify and make it even better for our audience uh, and to get more people there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Appreciate that. I'm, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. We, we did not uh, send this question to you before, but I'm, I'm, to be honest, Adam, I'm just curious. You, you're very passionate about this cause. I can, I can tell in your voice, very excited. Um, and you know, we would definitely give some background in, in the introduction to you. But what is it? What, um, what drives you around this cause? Um, you, what, what, uh, where does that passion come from, Adam? Well, uh, that's a uh... That's a really good question, Tom. And, and I would tell you, it's, it comes from a couple areas. I think one, uh, I mentioned that, you know, I, I can look back now when I got out and, uh, you know, I really struggled. I didn't know it at the time, but I can look back knowing that I, that I really struggled when I left the service. But the thing is, is like, I ended up struggling again later. And I think a lot of that comes from, the, the passion comes from when I, I had been living in Colorado and I was working for a firm that I was, I had gotten a job at right out of graduate school. And that firm uh, was shutting the doors on the division that I was in. And so once that happened, I, I kind of just, I'd done a poor job of remembering a lot of the lessons that I was taught in graduate school about networking, which were very good. Mm -hmm. I went to a place where they were very good at that. And I ended up having to pay for my sins. What, by, by forgetting about that and not doing it, I had to start from scratch, especially because I relocated back to Minnesota, where I'm from, to help out with some uh, some family issues and things that were going on. And I had done a really poor job of maintaining my network here. So I had to start from ground zero. Sure. And I was introduced to the Eagle Group uh, even before I got back to Colorado. Uh, Sheila Jessen at Cargill, I got in touch with her, She and she told me about it, and I started coming to the group. Uh, I struggled. I ended up being out of work for almost a year. 
if I got into one job for a little while that was a bad match. And so, I mean, you can almost even argue that it might've been like 18 months that I was almost out of work okay. and it was hard. And I had a, a, like the, the confluence of a lot of things going on that my mother was very sick. Uh, I had that going on. I had a, a lot of, so I had some personal things going on top of the fact that I was not on a, 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 found, a professional foundation. And uh, it, there's no doubt in my mind that if the Eagle group was not there for me, or if I was not a member, I would not be where I am today because I had people that sat there and said, look, I get it. I understand. And I was that person that oftentimes was the bridesmaid. I would, I would do really well in a lot of interviews and I'd get somewhere, but then it just wouldn't pan out. And meanwhile, you know, you're, you know, the savings are getting low and you're, you're, you're losing money and you're just, you just, you sometimes sit there and you question your self-worth and you get to a point like, look, I did everything right here. It's still not paying off for me. What do I have to do to make it happen? And, uh, you know, I just stuck with it. And I had people that like, they could see that. They would come to me and be like, look, how are you doing? And they go, I'm fine. They're like, no, how are you really doing? You're dealing with a lot of stuff. And these are all eager group people. You know, these are other veterans and like, look, I know I put on that, I put on that face before I get it. You know, how are you, how are you really doing with all this? And so, I mean, to shorten it up, it just, I, I, you know, I stuck with it in large part because of all the things I was being taught and all the support that I got from the Eagle group. And it finally paid off when I landed my role when I'm you know, at US Bank. I'm in a different position now than I was when I, when I first started, but you can only control so many things when you're doing it. Right. And a lot of it is, it, it's, I, I argue that it comes down to your, your attitude and your effort. No one can take those away from you. You can control those 100%. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie. Every single day, it can be tough, especially when you keep getting you know, knocked down. But if you can control mm-hmm. picking yourself up on the up from the mat every time, it will pay off. It will pay off. And it finally paid off for me after a really long time. So, I mean, that's really, I think, at the end of the day, just where the, the, the passion comes from for me, Tom, is because I was that person. I was that veteran that was really struggling. And it also got me back in touch with the, the veteran community after being away from it for a while and realizing this is a really important support mechanism and it's a part of who I am. And I need to make sure that I'm staying in contact with it. And I, I want other people to not have, if I can help other people not have to deal with some of the things that I did because of the mistakes that I made, and I made them all, I made all the mistakes, then that's something that I want to do. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Adam, I really appreciate it. And let's take the moment. Yeah. Thank you for all you're doing uh, for the veterans and thank you for your service. And you're, you're clearly making a big impact on, on a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you. I echo that. I echo that. So uh, Adam, how can people connect with or support the organization? I'd say probably the easiest way, Jen, is to just, is to go to our website, which is uh, eaglegroupmn.org. Again, that's eaglegroupmn.org. We have a contact us link on there uh, Mm -hmm. for us to help get in touch with people. But we also have uh, links on there on our homepage for our career track meetings. So people can sign up for that and for our monthly meetings. We put those up once we have those all set and ready to go for the next month, uh, where we generally meet on the fourth Wednesday of every month, except for the holidays. We'll tweak that a little bit in November and December. And we also have on their videos from past career track meetings that people can look at. So if they want an idea of maybe some of the stuff that might come up in a weekly meeting that people talk about uh, on transition or something like that, they can sit there and take a look at that just to get a little bit of a feel of what we're about. So that that's where I would point people initially. Excellent. And we'll have a link to those in our show notes as well. Yeah. For people to take a look at. Great. 
Thanks for going over all of that. We've got some fun questions now that aren't related to this at all. (laughs) Right. We have a few few fun questions so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, First one, uh, what is your favorite food others tend not to like? So this is a good one. I I actually ate this yesterday, and that is uh, putting sauerkraut on pizza. Wow. I had that. It's, you know, I was never, I mean, I hadn't had a lot of sauerkraut before. I just, I mean, I'd had it, but I just never really thought about it. And someone introduced me to it a while back and it's surprisingly good. I would encourage people to at least give it a try. It brings out a lot of great flavor, but yeah, sauerkraut on pizza. Oh my gosh. Crazy. I've never been a sauerkraut person. So it just makes the back of my jaw just tighten up. I get that a lot. I get that a lot from people. Uh, what is your invisible or super strength? Oh gosh, this, you know, I've been struggling. I'm still struggling with this one. Is it invisibility or super or, or super strength? Um, they both have their merits, but if I had to pick one, uh, I'd probably have to go. I probably end up going like with, with super strength. I've always enjoyed fitness stuff and things like that. So it just, I, you know, the ability to be like, oh, I've got super strength, like, you know, would be pretty cool. I'd probably, I'd probably pick that. Awesome. Fantastic. If you were given the opportunity to fly into space, given the ability to do so, would you take it? This is another tough one because it's, I mean, I'm certainly fascinated by, by space and the views from space and things like that. And I'm not sure if like someone popped into my lap to take it today, though, would I do it? I don't know. I mean, oof. I suppose it might be a once in a lifetime thing. I would, I would probably take it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, this has been really fun, Adam. I appreciate uh, the information you've been able to provide. And uh, and again, we really uh, appreciate all you're doing uh, for our veterans. And uh, it's very, very important work you're doing. So thank you so much. And great conversation, Adam. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Tom and Jim. Excellent. Thanks so much.